Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week continues our three-week teaching series, Embed It, where we look at how we can intentionally choose to put Scripture into our lives. It's time to surround ourselves with truth. Join us this week as we look at some practical ways to pick and embed Scripture into our life this year. I want to welcome you to Valley Point Church, and we have a dream here. We have a goal and a desire to point people to real relationships that inspire real significance. So as we plan and as we prepare and as we pull off different events and even host our gatherings here, we want them to really be about real relationships and real significance. So I want to tell you about a couple of things that are happening that are going to help us with that. So let's think about real relationships for just a moment. really want to encourage everybody to think about the marriage conference that we are going to host on January the 25th and 26th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday morning, and that's going to take place right here at the middle school. And we're really excited about this conference as we believe for married couples, for those who are thinking about getting married in 2013, if that's on the map for you, and even for those who are singles or single again, that this is an opportunity to really come together and just think about this most intimate of human relationships. And so I want to invite everybody to think about coming to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be here on Friday night, and Tim Chambers is coming to challenge us. He's a pastor from New Jersey, and he's a great communicator. I think you're going to like him and really enjoy what he has to say. He's going to make us laugh, probably make us cry as well, and we'll just have a wonderful time thinking about that together. So I want to just encourage you to really consider setting this time aside and investing in your marriage, investing in that. I think it's fair to say that we invest in a lot in life, things that we enjoy, hobbies and stuff that makes us happy. Often I've discovered that we don't invest in this relationship, in our marriages, in our husband and wife relationship. We just don't invest in that. We just kind of get there and we assume it'll all work out and that's not always the case. So. It's time to invest in the most intimate and most valuable of human relationships. And so if that's you, or if you're thinking about that, or if it's just something that you're very interested in, I would encourage you to come. There's details on the screen and in your program about what that costs. You can register today in the lobby for that, or you can register online, but I want you to come. It's gonna be fun. And if you're looking for a way to connect with other people, We're going to have times of teaching here, but we're also going to have food and time to interact. So if you want to get to know other people in a different setting outside of Sunday morning, then this would certainly be your chance. So you register for that. It's going to be wonderful. And it's going to help us really develop real relationships in our lives. So that's the relationship piece. Let me talk to you about significance. Next Sunday is going to be our first love day of 2013. So if you've been at Valley Point, you kind of know about these days. If you're newer, we have one day a month 
where we just kind of concentrate on serving and loving other people without expecting anything in return. Some of these days are collecting days where we bring stuff here and then we give that out. Other days are Saturdays that are designed where we actually go out and we get our hands dirty and we serve and we love people. Our first love day of this year will be next Sunday. It's a collecting day. And in your program, there's a sheet there. We're partnering with the Ronald McDonald Foundation. And there is a home in Wilmington, Delaware, right across the street from the AI DuPont Hospital. And the Ronald McDonald Foundation does a wonderful job of serving families who have kids who are walking through various treatments. It's a really special thing that they do in housing them. So we want to partner with them, and we're going to collect different things. You can actually see that on the sheet. There's kits that we want you to put together. A lot of the stuff's probably lying around your house. So just package that up. And I would even encourage you to think about this as a, a family project. Maybe you guys can do this together and just put all of that stuff into a kit, bring it here, leave it in the lobby next Sunday. And then in February, we're actually going to deliver those items to the Ronald McDonald House there in Wilmington. So that's one of the things that we can do to have significance in the lives of others. Might sound simple, might sound too easy, but let me tell you, when people get these things, uh, they're overwhelmed and they love it and it encourages them and it's significant for them at that point in their life. So you think about that, package things throughout the week and then next Sunday, bring that stuff here. Leave it right in the lobby. Isn't that great? Get to put stuff together and then leave it here. We'll take care of the rest and that's gonna help us have some significance. So real relationships and real significance. And these are the things that are happening over the next few weeks that are gonna help us achieve that. Really, really encouraged and excited about where God is gonna take us this month as we chase real relationships and as we also chase this significance piece. So I'd like to invite you just to pray with me now as we think about that and as we get ready to open up God's word and hear from him. Father, we're so thankful for today. God, we just sang a few, uh, a few minutes ago that you, you came to our rescue. And what an amazing thing that is. God, you knew what we needed before we ever did. And so we thank you for rescuing us and providing a way for us to know you and have this forever friendship with you. And God, as we think about that today and talk about what you want for us, I pray that you'd help our minds to be alert, help our hearts to be open to everything that you want to communicate to us today. God, may we leave changed. And it's not just be a time to put in on a Sunday morning that makes us feel better about ourselves somehow. May this truly mark us and change us and challenge us to be the people that you want us to be. So we thank you for your love for us. Speak to us now. We do pray. In Jesus' name, 
So I found a verse this week that I thought was very interesting, and I want to share this verse with you. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 15, and here's what it says. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. And this is from Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Isn't that awesome? Let me read it again. When your words came, when the words of God were delivered, when he spoke them, here's what Jeremiah did, I ate them. It's kind of a unique thing to say, isn't it? He ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. And I think these are some very insightful words that give us a picture, or they give us a window into the life of the writer here. The writer's name is Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was a prophet, and he had a pretty tough job of delivering the words of God to God's people. And the reason it was a tough job is because people really didn't listen to Jeremiah. They turned their backs on him. They didn't want to listen. They did not want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. They didn't really care about the words of God. Jeremiah wasn't very successful. As a matter of fact, when you walk through this book that he wrote, you discover that he had no success at all. Just none now, can you imagine walking through life and doing whatever it is that you do and having no success, just zero, nothing at all? That's Jeremiah. He's called the weeping prophet. That's because nobody would listen to him. As a matter of fact, we discover that Jeremiah cried a lot. But yet in the middle of that, we find him in chapter 15 responding to the words of God. And when they came, he ate them up. I mean, he just gobbled them and consumed them. There was nothing left. This word ate is very interesting. It's the Hebrew word, a cow, and it means to devour or to consume. So here's what happened. God's words came to Jeremiah and a cow. He devoured them. He consumed them all. He internalized every word. I'm on a new mission at the start of the year to find the best cream-filled donut that I can find in this area. I know it's not a very healthy thing, but I'm okay because donuts are fantastic. And I'm going to find the best cream-filled donut that I can find. And I've got a few places that I've already been, and I've got a list and a ranking system so far. And if you know of a bakery or if you know of a cream-filled donut place, let me know afterwards in the lobby, and I'll go and I'll check that out. And at some point, I'll deliver to you the news about what is the best cream-filled donut. I'm not talking about custard stuff. That's out. This is like pure frosting on the inside. That's what I'm after. Now, let me tell you, when I find these cream-filled donuts, here's what I do with them. A cow. That's it. I consume them. I devour them to the last bite. They are 
all gone. A cow. I consume every last piece. And this is the picture, this is the idea we get of Jeremiah when the words of God came. He consumed them, he devoured them like a cream-filled donut. And then notice what happened. They, speaking of the words of God, were my joy and my heart's delight. In other words, they made me happy. The words of God came and they made me happy. Now, I want you to notice this because we can quickly look past what's actually being said here. It's very, very unique. Here's what's going on. Jeremiah's listening, not having a lot of success. He's kind of sad. He's crying a lot. People aren't listening to him, but then the words of God came. I mean, they arrived. And then Jeremiah devoured them. He consumed them. And then happiness and joy followed. So we get the words of God first, then we get the internalizing that happens secondly, and then happiness followed. The words of God devouring and then happiness. See, often we want to flip that, don't we? We want to feel all good and warm and fuzzy and happy and then perhaps we'll consider the words of God and then we'll consume them if they make us happy. But the pattern we find here is entirely different. God's words come, we consume them and then happiness follows. So in a real way, God's word can actually make us happy but we have to get that progression right. Question, do you want to increase your happy factor in this new year? Is that something that sounds good to you? There is a direct link between discovering what God says, and we have it all right here, finding that these are his words, we have them, ingesting them, consuming them, devouring them, and then happiness follows. You ever find yourself grumpy? I do. Do you ever find yourself crabby? Yeah, I find myself there a lot. The words of God actually can increase our happy factor. We're in this series called Embedded, and it's pretty simple. We're saying that as a faith community, it is time for us to intentionally choose Scripture to intentionally choose the words of God and then embed that into our life. We want to make it an integral part of our life. We want to surround ourselves with the words of God. We want to embed it. And that's actually what the word embed means, to make something an integral part of your life or to surround yourself with something. And we're saying the something that we must make an important part of our life. The something that we want to surround our lives with are the words of God. It's scripture. And here's why. If we don't do this, if we kind of think of it as no big deal at all, then we will move through another season in life and we will even move through another year and we will come out on the other side and we will have gained nothing And guess what? We can't afford that. 
As individuals, we can't afford to go through another season and not embed scripture and gain nothing. We just can't afford that. And as a church, as a faith community, we can't afford going through a year and not embedding scripture in our life. I believe it is absolutely possible to enjoy a dynamic, vital, and intimate relationship with God through his words. That's possible. And God wants that for us. Let me say that again. I believe it is absolutely possible to enjoy a dynamic and vital and intimate relationship with God through his words. That's possible. Question. Does that describe the current reality of your life? I mean, when you think about God and his words and what he has delivered for us, would you say there's a sense that it's dynamic and vital and intimate and helping you know him in a deeper way? Is that the current reality of your life? If not, it can be. But we have to take a step and only you can do that. I was reading a book recently and I came across something that was kind of irritating in the book. Has that ever happened to you? You're you're reading something and it's annoying and you're like, you know, I'm not so sure about that. It's not pleasant. It doesn't really make me happy. Or it's a pretty humbling thing. Has that ever happened to you? So here's what I read. The author said about 80% of all you do, anyone can do. Going to work, attending meetings, checking email, talking on the phone, going to games, eating. Anybody can do that stuff, right? Additionally, and here's where it got worse for me, about 15% of all you do, someone with some measure of training could do in your place. Teaching a class, fixing a problem, selling something, running a program. Someone could be trained to do that. So basically, 95% of what we do, anybody could do if they just had a little measure of training. And I actually thought that was a little discouraging and a little depressing. But the author went on to say, there is at least 5% of what you do that only you can do. But nobody else can do that for you. Consider, if you're a husband or a wife, Only you can take care of and work on that relationship. Only you can be that husband or that wife to your spouse. That's all you. Or if you're a parent or a grandparent, only you can be that mom or that dad or that grandparent to that child. That is all you. Only you can make the choice to be physically healthy. Nobody else can make that choice for you. They might present you with things. They might give you things, but only you can make that choice. That's all you. And only you can make yourself spiritually healthy and spiritually fit. Nobody else can make that choice for you. That's all you. And I believe one of the most important aspects of this final 5% is this. No one but you, no one but you can choose to embed scripture 
in your life. It's something that we have to be responsible for on our own. I can't do that for you. The person next to you can't do that for you. Only you can choose to embed scripture into your life. This is week number two of Embed It. And here's our big idea for today. It's one word. It's the word look. And that's what we're going to consider. It's the word look. And it's time to look and find that life verse. You know, last week I threw out the challenge that this is for all of us. It's for our kids. It's for students. It's for adults. Every single person needs to find that one verse or a set of verses that we can just attach ourselves to for this new year. And I'm really excited because in our children's program, even right now, they're thinking about and looking for their life verse. Talk with Dan, our children's director, and he's got this whole plan of how he's going to encourage them to find that. And today they're going to be working with their coaches and their small groups and talking about a verse that even as young kids they can attach themselves to. And that's awesome. That's really good news. It's not just for kids, though. It's for students And it's for adults. This is for all of us. I also threw out the challenge last week for everybody to jump into some kind of reading plan. And whether that's online or whether you just pick up God's word and you begin reading, just to start doing that so you can begin the process of searching for that life verse that you can claim for yourself. I got a lot of emails this week from people saying, hey, here's my life verse, or this is something that I'm thinking about. What do you think about this verse for me? And that is so encouraging to know that there have been a lot of people jumping into Scripture and saying, you know what, I've got to embed this into my life. I'm going to make this an integral part of my life, and here's my possible verse for this new year. And I'm excited about today because I'm going to be sharing with you the life verse that I have chosen to anchor my soul in for this year. And I'm going to unpack that for you, and then I'm going to be sharing some practical things that will help you look for that life verse that you can have for this year. Make sense? Okay, so my life verse for 2013 is Jeremiah 29 and verse 7. And this is really something that God has been doing in my heart. It's going to be a little less teaching today and a little more of what I'm learning from God, and I want to share that with you. So here's verse 7. It says, And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And I've chosen this as my life verse for this year because it's something that just kind of jumped into my heart when I first read that and I couldn't let go of it. And God has just been bringing these words up again and again and again to me. I think he's been doing that because it describes a bit of my own journey. Today is actually the first time that I officially spoke as the pastor of this church three years ago. So I've actually been here for three years. Can you believe it? Yeah, thank you. I know some of you are like, it's been a long three years. (laughs) 
It's been fun, though. And many of you are familiar with the details of how God brought us here, but a lot of you are newer to Valley Point, and so I thought I'd take a moment and just share a bit of that journey. Three years ago, Tanya and I and the kids were in Illinois, and we were serving at a church there outside of Chicago, and I just really began to sense that God wanted something different for me personally and professionally and that God wanted something different for our family and we didn't know what that was or or where that journey would take us we just were clueless but we were excited about that and we signed up for the ride and said let's enjoy this let's learn a lot about God in the process and just open our lives up to him anywhere any place what does God want and so we began to talk and pray and network and about the same time Valley Point was looking for a new pastor and so God crossed our crossed our paths in a very unique way and here we are three years later and I've had fun with that whole process I really have and when we began to talk to people and say you know what here's what God has for us he's going to move us to Pennsylvania and we're going to serve at a church that's close to Philadelphia and close to Wilmington, Delaware. And this is the plan for our lives. And some of my friends were like, really? God wants you to go there? I am not so sure about that. And I'm like, yes, this is where God wants us to go. And we had a lot of energy about that and excitement. And there was just this clarity and peace that came with moving here that this is what God wanted for us, the exact place. And so I want to let you know that we love Valley Point and we love living here. This feels like home to us. I love what I do for work. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, wow, I get to be a pastor. And I just love it. And this verse, when I read it, was so compelling and emotional to me because it reminded me of this three-year journey that we've been on personally. Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Now, I want to let you know, we don't feel like we're in exile, all right? (laughs) We really don't. That's like Jeremiah's deal, and that's what was happening to him back in the day. We're fine. We love it, but there is this clear sense that God brought us here and I have a commitment to work for the peace and the prosperity of this area and to do that through the church. Like this is the organization. This is the thing that God has left to change the world and I couldn't be more thrilled and more excited about the church and what God is doing to change this area and what God is doing to help people understand that there is an individual who can bring purpose into their lives and it's God and he's going to do all of that through the church and so I've made a commitment just to work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where God has planted me I've made that commitment, and it's going to be a lot of work, yet I'm excited about that. And then pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Pray to the Lord for it. I just have this deep sense that as a pastor and as a leader that I need to be involved in more prayer, not only for Valley Point and for us and for what God is doing here but for the actual cities that we serve 
the areas and the communities and the townships and the states that surround us, that I need to be doing a better job of that and asking God just to bring peace and prosperity into these places. And so I've started doing that. And this might sound a bit odd to you, but I actually made a list of all the different cities and the places where people come from to Valley Point. So I I have the list here. I'm going to read it to you, okay? We're going to start with A's, and we're going to end with W's. And I promise we won't be here all day. All right, so here we go. And and I've taken some time over the past couple days just to to pray over this list and and say, God, here are the cities. And these cities represent people, obviously, and so we're praying for people. We're asking God to bless Alden and Ardmore and Aston and Avondale. By the way, there are cities on here I don't even know how to pronounce them. So don't be offended if I get it wrong, and if I miss your city, please just let me know afterwards, and that'll be good. So Bear, Boothwin, Brookhaven, Broomall, Chads Ford, Chester, Claymont, Clifton Heights, Dilworth Town, Downingtown, Drexel Hill, Ellesmere, Garnet Valley, Glen Mills, Glen Riddle, Glen Olden, Havertown, Hokesson, Lebanon, Lenai, Linwood, Malvern, Marcus Hook, Media, Morton, Newcastle, Newark, Norwood, Parkside, Pennsville, Philadelphia, Prospect Park, Royersford, Seacane, Springfield, Thornton, Upper Chai, Wallingford, Awawa, Westchester, Westgrove, Wilmington, Woodland, and Woodstown. A lot of W's there. These are the cities that surround us. Can we just thank God for them? Look, they're around us. And so as God gave me this verse, there's just this clear sense for me that I've got to pray to the Lord for it. For its welfare will determine our welfare and not praying for selfish reasons, but just praying that God would use Valley Point Church, that God would use the people here to be a bright light and to help point people to real relationships that inspire real significance. As I dream and as I think about what God wants for us as a faith community, I ask myself this question all the time. What if Valley Point weren't here? What if God just removed this place and put it somewhere else? Would anybody know and would anybody miss us? Right? Would anybody know? Would anybody miss us? And would anybody say, hey, those people that used to meet at the middle school, where did they go? And they were kind and generous and loving and they were willing to share. Whatever happened to them? So God has just been working on this in my heart and I've been thinking about that and God has given me Jeremiah as a mentor and he's given me verse seven where I am now saying to myself again and again, guess what, Eric? It's time to work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it for its welfare will determine your welfare. Work and pray. So this is my life verse for 2013, and I am so excited about this. It's already helping me. 
And I want this for you. A life verse that will help you survive the next several months. So I'm going to go back to our big idea. And that's the word look. I've got to look for this verse. And I just really began to search and to pray and to ask God to deliver something into my life as I began to look. And this is what we all have to do. We're all on the hook for this. We all need to look. And so I want to share some practical things with you that you can do as you begin the process of looking and searching for that verse or set of verses that you can kind of anchor your soul in for this year. All right, so here are three things to do. First of all, look for something meaningful. As you search, as you look, be sure it's meaningful. It must speak to you. Be sure that you're looking and reading in a version that makes sense to you so that some of these words can just kind of jump into your heart and captivate you. It should be meaningful. Secondly, look for something memorable. You should be able to memorize this so that when times are tough or the rain begins to fall, you can just say this verse over and over and over again in your mind. So I don't have Jeremiah 29.7 totally memorized, but I've got the concept. Work for the city where you've been planted and then pray for its welfare. So I kind of have that going in my mind and I would encourage you to look for something that is memorable. And then finally, look for something emotional. See, when you find this, it should invoke some kind of response in you. It should make you smile or laugh or cry or anything in between. But God's word is living and it's active and it is powerful. And so when we read it, there are going to be these moments where it invokes emotion in us. And when you find that, when something makes you smile or laugh or cry or anything else, you should mark that because it might be the verse that God is giving to you. See, this is the 5% that only you can do. Only you can do this. Nobody else can find this verse for you. This is the 5%. I want to encourage you to find that verse because I believe it could be the very thing that increases your happy factor. Let me give you some takeaways. There's four of them. First of all, pray about it. Just ask God for some clarity. And if you haven't done that yet and you're having a hard time kind of finding that verse or maybe you haven't even started yet, that's fine. Start praying. And just ask God to give you a couple of words that you can embed into your heart because we need this. Secondly, Monday through Friday, that's tomorrow, all right? The work week begins. And so you've got five days to look, five days to search for this. Pray, and then Monday through Friday, begin looking. And then thirdly, pick a verse or verses Some of you have asked, you know, I've got a couple of verses. I I just can't narrow it down to one, and that's fine. As long as you can remember that, you can have a few verses or even a paragraph. That's all good. Just pick something. That's the idea here. And then finally, be ready to commit to that verse next week. When we come back and when we meet again next Sunday, we're going to have a commitment time where we write these things down and we just say, this is the verse. These are the words that I'm going to embed this year. 
I don't have to embed the whole thing. God's not looking for that. I think what he is looking for, though, is for us to surround ourselves with a few words that are meaningful, memorable, and emotional. Now, if you're here, and this is just weird, because it might be for you. Like maybe you're not so sure about God and what he's all about, and you're just not there, and so you're not really convinced about God's word and the value of that, and this is kind of weird, and why are we talking about memorizing a verse that's kind of crazy? Here's what I would encourage you to do. Give it a shot. I mean, just try it. Look for something that is interesting to you or something that you can attach yourself to and watch what God might do to make himself very clear to you as he shares his love through his words. So give it a shot. Let me tell you about next week. I'm going to be interviewing some people live that I've talked to about their life verse, and they're going to be sharing that with you. Because I want you to know, I'm not the only one who has a life verse. There are other people who are thinking about this, and so I'm going to interview them, and they're going to share that with you. Because I think corporately, this is so healthy for us. 2013, it's a big year for Valley Point Church, and we need to raise the bar in every area, and it begins right here with embedding Scripture and finding this life verse. So next week, I'm going to interview some people, and I think you're going to enjoy what they have to say, and then you're going to have the chance just to write a verse down or some words that are your life verse for the next few months. So don't miss next week. Do you remember the opening verse that I read from Jeremiah chapter 15? When your words came, I ate them. I just love that. I ate them. And they, these words, were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. So here's Jeremiah. And he's saying, the words of God came. And they were so valuable and so important that I just consumed them. I want you to think about this for a second. At that time, Jeremiah didn't have a whole Bible. It wasn't complete. It wasn't packaged. It wasn't all written. And so all he had was what God spoke into his heart. We have something even better than that. We have everything that God wants us to know right here. It's packaged for us. And so to deny this or to push away from it or to think that this is not something that we should be embedding in our hearts is a huge mistake. It's a problem. And so look, look this week, find something. And when you find it, eat it. A cow, just devour that thing consume that, have a great laugh, have a great cry, commit yourself to that, and then we'll come back next week and have a great time thinking about the scripture, about the words of God that we're eating and consuming and embedding in our life. Okay? Sound good? Father, you are so good to us, and we are thrilled about the opportunity that we have in front of us to find a verse or a couple of verses and just claim that as our own for this new year. This is so valuable. 
And we're not just talking about it and we're not just walking through this because we're supposed to. And this is so much more than a good idea. And this is everything. These are your words and they're living and they're powerful and they're active and they will help us to know what's right and what's wrong and how to get right and stay right and confess. And God, it's just all here for us. So would you help us to devour these words and to consume them? God, I'm so thankful for the verse that you've given to me. And God, I know that you want me to work and you want me to pray. And this is what's in front of me. And already, God, I have been reminding myself of this verse and saying it over and over again in my mind. And it's impacting me. And I'm so thankful for that. And God, as the pastor of Valley Point, I want that for every single person in this room. I want them to have that thing that just provides security and strength and peace and an anchor for every storm that they face this year. God, the storms will come. That is going to happen. So I pray, God, that you would help us to embed Scripture. We ask for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.